La Siguapa is one of the Dominican Republic's most popular and well-known legends and has been closely ingrained in its culture. Often described as a three-foot-tall woman with hair down to her calves and backwards feet, anyone who sees La Siguapa is mesmerized by her beauty. But don't let those good looks fool you. There's a dark side to this menacing vixen. Whether you're captured to satisfy her carnal desires or to become her next meal, this legend has it all. Today, we'll discuss some variations of her folklore, her most vulnerable victims, and her possible origin story on this episode of Technically a Conversation. you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Doing pretty fabulous. How are you doing? Doing great. How has your week been so far? It's been so nice at work. They're feeding us every day, so I'm feeling like super pig because I usually don't <laughs> eat a whole lot. I'm like, oh my God, it's all this food doing in my belly. <laughs> nice. Nice. I definitely love being fed at work when I'm forced to go in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's your week going? Good. I found some time to be lazy amongst editing and researching. <gasps> and most importantly, got to hang out with my godson on Sunday to finally play PlayStation for more than like 30 minutes. Yay. Did they love it? Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> That's so cool. I also realized how much I suck at video games now. Oh, it's a good thing you got it so you can get better. There you go. <laughs> so I can practice, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Get that hand-eye coordination back up. Yeah. I hadn't played video games with him for a while, but I remember when he was little, he would call himself the video game master. Oh. And then I would smoke him on Mortal Kombat. Flawless victory, fatality, sub-zero <laughs> wins. <laughs> and now he smoked me before I even had a chance to figure out what each button does on the controller. Ooh-wee. The student has become the master. Yeah. I was like, you've finally grown into your self-proclaimed video game master title. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad you guys had fun. That's That sounds like good quality time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. My brother was there, and I think he was the only one that was able to beat my godson a couple of times. Mm. I maintained my title of loser noob poser gamer. Okay. Hey, that's all right. You're like, but I look good doing it. What? Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> or you, you make it look convincing, like you're going to kick kick ass. <laughs> I just do a lot of button mashing usually. Yeah, that's what it's really about. That's what I think. Yeah. What about you? Did you do any gaming this weekend? Yeah, I like mine to look like the little uh, wavy tube that just kind of does these little flappy arm things. <laughs> just kidding. Well, that sounds more like dancing than gaming. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I make my character do. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I don't do much gaming. Uh, that's really more so my daughter's department. And even then, she has uh, the Switch. So we have like a limited amount of games. But I mean, they're fun. She's She created a profile for me for um, Animal Crossing. But it's it's like work. I mean, you're going and you're working every day. I'm like, how is this a refuge from my actual life? <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that game is a lot like a Tamagotchi or Tamaguchi or whatever, right? That you have to go and feed them. You got to feed the something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't got time for that. Yeah. I mean, they're they're very cute and I like to change her outfits. It just is kind of fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> it's like a video game version of Barbie then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Smaller, less voluptuous <laughs> version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess that'll, that could be fun then. Enough fucking around, Isala. Ready to get started? Of course. Great. Let's get started. Isala, have you ever been to the Dominican Republic? I have not. Damn. There go the six follow-up questions that I had for you. <laughs> this is the one time your, your first question is actually feasible. <laughs> what do you know about the Dominican Republic? It's a tiny little island, and I feel like it doesn't get enough credit. I feel like most islands don't, but I heard it's amazing. Like, I heard it's gorgeous. Same. I've heard it's a paradise. Yeah. Have you ever heard any strange stories about weird things or people from there? Maybe even deadly things? <gasps> like a gimpy gimpy? I wasn't quite thinking that, but yeah, maybe like a gimpy gimpy or maybe a creature that might kill you. Oh, the DR creature. No, the dreacher. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not heard <laughs> All right, so I figure, you know, we're doing Hispanic Heritage Month. We haven't done anything from the Dominican Republic, so let's change that. Yay, yay. The following is from a Faxology article by Hector Navarro. Link in the show notes. In 1860, in Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic, an orphan named Jacinto met a man named Andres who owned farmland between a mountain and river in the region. Jacinto agreed to work on Andres's farm in exchange for a place to stay. Jacinto instantly became infatuated with Andres's daughter, Marcelina, and the two were inseparable. One day, while they sat by their favorite tree, Jacinto proclaimed his love for Marcelina. Marcelina responded that she also loved him. While the young couple began discussing their future together, they were disrupted by two high-pitched screams. One echoed through the mountain and forest. The other came from Marcelina as she witnessed the creature that let out the first scream. Hey. As Marcelina cried out, My God, la ciguapa, she fainted. Jacinto picked Marcelina up and rushed her back to her father's cabin as Marcelina alternated between unconsciousness, delirium, and seizures. Three days later, Jacinto buried Marcelina under their favorite tree. Let's discuss la ciguapa, the creature that allegedly killed Marcelina. Oh my God, that's so sad. But first, Isela, are you familiar with the story of la ciguapa? No, I feel I feel like I've heard the name before, but I think that's also because we both follow another podcast that talks a lot about that. So I think that's where I might have heard them talk about that. But no, I haven't. So this is going to be exciting. And it's already sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always like to start all my stories off on a cheery, positive note. So absolutely. Get them tissues, guys. <laughs> yeah. So it shouldn't be surprising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you think La Ciguapa could have been just from that account of the story? A high-pitched noise, but it killed an adult. I don't know. I mean, this has to be something really large. It has to be a creature that's not necessarily like the most well-known or well-documented. I mean, I can't believe like, oh, it's a koala, you know, <laughs> couldn't believe that. <laughs> well, it actually is one of the most popular legends or folklores from the Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. But let's go over some of the more popular versions of La Ciguapa 
before we catch up to Jacinto and his story, just so that we can have some background. Sure. La Ciguapa is described as a beautiful creature that lurks in the shadows of the mountain ranges and forests of the Dominican Republic. The creature appears as a beautiful woman to some and only comes out at night. She lures her victims, usually men, with the chirps of a bird or a soft moan. The soft moan of a beautiful woman would definitely get my attention. Just saying. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Those who follow the sound will find a dark-skinned woman standing naked with soft, lustrous hair falling down to her ankles. Something that will also definitely get my attention. Right. Okay. <laughs> Somehow I feel like La Ciguapa was created specifically to murder me. <laughs> As you approach La Ciguapa, you will notice her eyes are completely black. But by then, you have fallen into a trance and will follow La Ciguapa to an isolated place. There, she'll attack her victim, draining them of their blood with a kiss. That's not too bad, I guess, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why does this remind me of the... What was that show, The, the Strain? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a little bit different. But yeah, I could see where you could see that similarity there. That thing would come out of their mouth, yeah. But being drained of your blood with a kiss, there could be worse ways to die, right? I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she doesn't kill you like that, she will kill them and eat their bodies over a period of weeks. She's a black widow? Kind of, kind of, yeah. All right. And uh, I don't really like that second part too much. <laughs> I would imagine. How would you prefer La Ciguapa murder you? I mean, quick and painless, really. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's just quick and painless. I, I Just don't kiss me. I'm okay with that part. <laughs> I bet you didn't think that I was going to ask you that question today, right? No. How would you prefer La Ciguapa murder you, Isla? <laughs> it's a very never have I ever been asked that. Yes. <laughs> May I take your order, please? Right, <laughs> exactly. Now, the crazy part is if anyone notices a missing person and tries to find them, they'll be confused as the Siwapa's most defining feature, aside from her small stature and black eyes, and just the fact that she's standing around naked, are her feet, which are backwards. Oh, yes. Okay. So people searching for the missing person will go in the opposite direction, ensuring that she's never found. Most of the descriptions usually mention the missing person being a man. It's the 90s, baby. I thought La Ciguapa is that suburban still, or even worse, a militant conservative. So yeah. equal opportunity, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> there are other versions of La Ciguapa, and some variations La Ciguapa will lead men to her cave where she makes love to them first before killing and eating them. Okay, like a mercy killing. Yeah, I personally feel like that would be the most baller way to go if I was going to be murdered and eaten. That would be the way that I would want to go. You want to bust a nut before you go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. That's the uh, para to go for you on that one, on that order. <laughs> if you're going to go, go happy, right? Okay. Yeah. Other variations say that she takes the men up to the tree where she spends most of her time and kills them there. Returning to the tree to eat their flesh when she's hungry or needs a little snack or fourth meal. Hey. Those two last accounts are arousingly violent, don't you think? I don't know about arousing, but they're definitely <laughs> violent. I mean, I guess like once you're dead, I mean, whatever she's going to do to your body, it doesn't matter, right? You're dead. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah. But just to be thought of like beef jerky for someone else, that's the part that's, I don't know how well that sits. 
Yeah, maybe if she eats you over the course of a few days, I'm sure your body will start to dehydrate and will be kind of chewy like a beef jerky also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Peppered, right? <laughs> Kippered. Yeah. <laughs> and another common version of La Siwapa, she's actually much more peaceful and won't actually hunt men until necessary. She's incredibly shy and prefers to eat small animals and fruits, but will occasionally break into homes to steal meals on the eve of a full moon. The full moon is actually when she's most vulnerable. So if you want to hunt La Siguapa, you must do so during a full moon or on the eve of a full moon. You must be accompanied by a polydactyl dog, as those are the only types of dogs that can pick up her scent and track her down. Do you know what a polydactyl dog is? Poly is multi. Dactyl, I don't, what is dactyl? Legged? Mm, you're, you're close. It's actually a dog with six toes. Oh, okay. I had to Google that. Okay. No, hang on. I was trying to sound it. Okay. <laughs> So there are dogs with six toes. Those are, they're not freaks, but they're actually blessings. They're your guardians. If you're a Lasiwapa hunter, yes. Okay. <laughs> and apparently they're not that uncommon either. Hmm. I didn't know that. I don't think I've, or maybe I just have never counted my dog's toes. Yeah. I think that's something that people don't normally pay attention to. It's like me with shoes. I never pay attention to what shoes a woman's wearing. Oh my God. That still breaks my heart. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> If a hunter is able to capture La Siwapa, her distress and sadness will kill her in three days. I even read some accounts that they'll drown from their own tears. Wow. That's super sad, huh? Well, what are they sleeping in? Like some weird, like a silo? <laughs> That's where they fill up their tears? What the heck? <laughs> Sorry, I'm too visual. I don't know. I was thinking maybe like one of those like kidnapping sacks or whatever that... You would see like an old timey movies and cartoons that <laughs> yeah. would put you in that kidnapping sack. Yeah. I guess they're waterproof. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Apparently there's like a store that sells them. It's like, oh, we have kidnapping sacks here in case you need to kidnap yeah. somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got your whole kit. It comes with duct tape. <laughs> zip ties. I hear zip ties are very popular now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you think about La Siguapa now that you got a chance to hear variations of her story? It's interesting. The first thing that she reminded me of was very, again, I'm still reading this book. It's very Twilight. Edward Edward was one of those vampires, supposedly, that only eats and doesn't like try to take on a, a prey of a person to try to be like conscientious. And, you know, so it sounds kind of like La Siguapa when she was only eating like fruits as opposed to like actually people or men or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, it sounds really interesting so far. I like the fact that her feet are backwards just because I've heard that type of folklore thing before and it likes to throw off people. Sounds kind of cute, huh? It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> Paranormal Catalog gives a couple of different variations of La Siwapa. And while the details about her hair and feet remain the same, one describes her as being a feral woman while another describes her as being a demon. The demon version apparently dwells within deep caves as opposed to trees like the other variations that we've discussed and will entice lonely men with her irresistible beauty and sensuality. Once she gets you in her hypnotic gaze, the victim is led back to her cave where she will either devour them down to the bone or trap them forever to satisfy her cardinal desires. Oh, wow. But she takes on many of these lovers. 
So it could be you and like a harem of men. (laughs) A harem of lonely, pathetic men. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Just asking for La Ciguapa to come get her. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't feel so out of place if I was one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're all zip tied up. You guys catch the game? Right? Yeah, it's like, oh, man, are you guys watching Messi with Inter Miami? Holy shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see all them goals? (laughs) Yeah, so it just seems like there's so many different variations. Yeah. People who have survived encounters with La Ciguapa reported an eerie stillness in the surrounding area, as if all birds, insects, and land animals have been frightened away. The stillness is only broken by soft whispers and howls that seem to flow with the breeze and echo in a way that makes it sound like the sound is coming from all around you. I guess like Dolby Atmos sound or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) Oh, weird. When she finally reveals herself, she appears to be a fair maiden, standing no taller than a meter or three feet, yet has a graceful harmony in all her muscles and limbs. Her eyes are almond-shaped and dark and mesmerizing. Her hair is as black as midnight with a luster that glows in the moonlight and draped on her body all the way down to her ankles. Shorty sounds like she's got it going on, huh? No, (laughs) No. Shorty sounds way too short. Anyone attracted to La Ciguapa now, you are a pedophile. Like, don't just go check yourself. (laughs) This is not okay, guys. (laughs) Although, you know, what's funny is for most average men, I feel like, she would come right up to your waist, which, seems, which also seems kind of fitting. So I don't know. We're assuming she's an adult, people. It never describes her as being a child. It always describes her as being a woman. Okay, perfect. And it also um, describes her as having a graceful harmony in all her muscles and limbs, which seems to suggest that she's not somebody that, that suffers from dwarfism or some other type of ailment. She's very proportionate. Okay. Interesting. And me being a midget, she would come to like my chest probably, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So again, Shorty's got it going on. The only thing that gives away that she's a monster is her feet, which are turned inward at the ankle facing the wrong way. Now she really sounds like my type of woman. Yeah, you'd never have to look (laughs) at her shoes and you'd never feel bad about that. (laughs) I'm glad you actually came up with a good joke for that because that was my joke and it wasn't very good. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And we're actually going to go into her backward feet in just a bit. Ooh, cool. Before we fetishize La Ciguapa and look her up on WikiFeet, let's take a quick commercial break. And when we return, we'll finish Jacinto's story, which we started at the beginning of the episode. Hey there, spooky people. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Heaven. What are we going to talk about this time? The same thing we always talk about. Something paranormal. Welcome to our little plot of the graveyard we call the Opa Ghost Podcast. We're a couple of ghost hunters who met on an investigation. Here we are four years later with our very own podcast, where we share our paranormal experiences and investigations. We cover topics like the Enfield Poltergeist and Shadow People and some places you may not have heard of like the Haunted Bunghole Liquors. Look it up. Safe search on. Don't think we've forgotten about cryptids? 
From Thunderbirds to Bat Squatch, we've got it covered. We have a lot planned for spooky season. Start with a visit to Salem and come along as we check out real haunted houses. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy spooky season. Toodles. Just what is it that makes the perfect outfit? Something thrown together, yet effortlessly cool. Something with a certain je ne sais quoi that makes people in the street look twice, even thrice. Something chic that helps its wearer to radiate confidence and captures the essence of a moment or a place in time while being simultaneously timeless. And yet, the history of fashion is far from being all glamour and glitz. Hello, I'm Felicia Yao, host of History Unhemmed, a podcast that looks inside fashion history's finished exterior. We'll discuss topics from haunted wedding dresses to rhinestone cowboys to why, when he stuck a feather in his cap, he called it macaroni. History Unhemmed is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your shows. New episodes come out every other week, so be sure to tune in and subscribe today. And we're back. And we're back. Did any Siwapas try to eat you or use you to satisfy her carnal desires during our break? I don't think I'm their type. It's the 90s, girl. You got to be open-minded. Which... <laughs> <laughs> No complaints from me. I'm totally okay. Now, before our break, I teased that we would talk about Las Iguapas feet a little more. And all jokes about foot fetishes aside, backwards feet are unique to Dominican folklore. In Hindu mythology, boots and shirelles are male and female ghosts, respectively, that can assume human form and are only identifiable by their backward-facing feet. The Aswang, our old friend from the Philippines, which we did an episode about back in January of this year, also had backwards-facing feet. Yeah. So if you're into vampiric creatures and CIA conspiracies that actually turned out to be true, you'll enjoy that episode. So I recommend you check it out if you haven't already. Remember that episode, Isela? I do. <laughs> I do remember that one. The Curupira of Brazilian folklore also has backwards feet. The Curupira is like the environmentalist demon or entity as it protects its habitat from anyone who wishes to damage it, like hunters and woodcutters. It has a scary whistle that has the ability to stun people. With the combination of its backwards feet and dizzying whistle, it leaves its victims lost and unable to find their way back home. Coincidentally, the paranormal catalog website that I used as one of the sources links to a short video from Crown Fox Productions about La Cihuapa that also tries to paint La Cihuapa as an environmentalist who only attacks people who cause damage to her habitat. But as far as I could tell, that video was the only place that mentioned that. And I kind of like that Captain Planet angle. What do you think? Yeah, I think that makes it sound from like murderer to kind of like murderer wearing a hero cape at the same time. <laughs> yeah, a green murderer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> India and Pakistan also have a creature similar to La Siwapa known as Pichal Peri. Bichal Peri is a demonic figure that impersonates and disguises herself as a beautiful bride who lures men to their death. Bichal Peri 
roughly translates to back-footed, as she also has her feet pointed backwards. The Pichalperi is said to transform into a 20-foot-tall demonic witch and is blamed by the elders whenever a local or tourist goes missing in the woods or mountains. There is a less murdery version of Pichalperi that stays in the beautiful bride disguise and asks men for help, but as soon as anyone sees her feet, she disappears without causing harm. She can be summoned by shouting Pichal Peri while being close to the woods. And I don't know, I feel like these, um, a lot of these folklore, maybe they're made to kind of discourage unfaithful men or something. Yeah, they all seem to have this through line of either don't wrong your wife or your, you know, your other half or don't wrong the forest. <laughs> like, there's, there's some good lessons to be learned here. I'm not, you know, totally against it. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and finish up Jacinto's story because that version of the story is a little bit different. Now, as you might recall, Jacinto's story was the first story I shared at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, the sad one. Yes. And that is actually an ultra Cliff Notes version of a short story written in 1866 by Francisco Javier Angulo Uridi, who was a playwright, author, poet, and journalist. According to historians, Uridi's short story is the first account of La Ciguapa at least in written form. There don't appear to be any mentions of her prior to Huridi's story, but in the short amount of time since it was written, it has become one of the most popular, if not the most popular, Dominican story or legend. So she's like the Dominican version of La Llorona as far as popularity. Yeah, that's very interesting. In the story, Jacinto is the person that is telling the story to the narrator, and I'm not sure if the narrator is meant to be Huridi. I tried looking for the story online to personally read it, but I wasn't able to locate it. I was only able to locate a bunch of other retellings or variations of the story. But from summaries of Huridi's story, Jacinto describes La Ciguapa as a species that existed long before the island was discovered. She is said to be about one meter or three feet tall with a graceful harmony in all her muscles and limbs. So again, she doesn't appear to suffer from dwarfism or other height-related conditions. <laughs> Quote, she has the golden skin of a true Indian black and slanted eyes, soft, lustrous, and abundant hair rolling down to the very calf. Anyone who sees La Ciguapa is mesmerized by her beauty. So it sounds like most of the descriptions are pretty spot on, right? Yeah, they, they all still share that common characteristic of like the long hair and the pretty, I guess, toned muscles or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think what they meant from that is just that it doesn't appear like their limbs were out of proportion or something like from somebody that has another height related um, condition or something. Yeah. Okay. Like shorter legs or something. Or... Right. Also, La Ciguapa is described as moving very quickly like a hare, but tends to live in the trees and leap from tree to tree. La Ciguapa is extremely shy and cannot speak except for howls, yet they desire love. This desire for love makes La Ciguapa very jealous when it sees a couple but it won't attack. The jealousy causes La Ciguapa extreme pain, which is shared like a curse to the person that sees her. And within a few days, La Ciguapa and the person that saw her die. So morale of the story, don't fall in love in the Dominican Republic, especially if you're in Puerto Plata. <laughs> right. Don't trot it around in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that would be the explanation as to why Marcelina died and was buried in three days. That's so sad. He was so happy. Yeah. They were both just <laughs> starting to hit it off. Yeah. Also in Huridi's story, 
it doesn't mention anything about her having backwards feet or eating or sucking the blood of her victims. So again, this is a little bit different, but being that there were no written records prior to this story, it's unknown if Juridi's story is just one of many interpretations that might have existed at the time, or if his story evolved into the multiple variations we have now. But it is a story that has been passed down from generation to generation and remains a popular children's bedtime story. No, get out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. In fact, La Ciguapa is so ingrained in Dominican culture that in rural areas, it is often believed to be a true story. So what do you think, Isela? It's a pretty story, huh? Not at all. I'm nope. surprised that they tell <laughs> that to kids. Although, you know what? I Should I be really surprised? Our people in like the Mexican culture, we have the whole like cucuy and the whole, you know, robachicos, I guess, and all that stuff going on. So I should not be that surprised that that's what we're, that's how we're <laughs> making our kids like fall in line <laughs> or come in early from the dark or something. I don't even know. That's how we make our kids strong and resilient like me. Right. <laughs> Look how great we both turned out. <laughs> yeah, we both turned out fantastic. No, actually, I, I never grew up with the whole cuckoo thing. <laughs> oh, no. I'm definitely a, a product of La Llorona, Los Duendes, Los Robachicos, the <laughs> old lady in the wheelchair. Um, trying to remember what else my parents told me. And you know what's funny is you're the one who grew up like that. And you consume all movies in the horror genre. And I didn't grow up like that. And I really don't. Like, that doesn't really call my attention, like any kind of horror movies. And you abhor the horror genre. <laughs> I abhor it. That's right. I loathe it. No, I, I, I'll watch a good movie if it's good. But, you know, I'm not the first one like, oh, the nun's coming out. Oh, my God, I'm going to watch it. I mean, it does look good. But, you know, I'm like, hey, if I watch it, I watch it. Yeah, maybe that's why I grew up to be so dark and morbid. It started with the family and hearing all these crazy ass fucking stories that no parent should probably be telling their kids. But truth be told, if I had kids, I would want them to know all these stories. I don't think you would tell them as learning tools, though. I don't think you would be like, okay, mija, you better come in because la ciguapa is going to come or whatever. I think you'd be like, Girl, get your ass inside. It's fucking dark. <laughs> That's it, you know? Si no llegas a la casa para las siete de la tarde, <laughs> se te va a aparecer la llorona y te va a jarar las piernas. <laughs> no, you cannot say. You cannot say if it's, you come in before seven. No, that's that's all kinds of wrong, no. Yeah, and for our Spanish challenged listeners, I pretty much just said that if you don't, if you don't come home by seven o'clock, la llorona is going to come out and pull your legs. Pull your legs, yeah, <laughs> out of their sockets. No, he didn't say that part. That's all, like, really <laughs> taking it into a whole other level. Yeah, no, no, I probably wouldn't use it like that, but I think that I would want my kids to know these stories and be able to enjoy them as well. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by enjoy. I don't think my daughter would enjoy. I don't know. I enjoy them, especially now as an adult. I love to hear them as an adult, for sure, but... I think when you tell your kids that, I think they have to be above a certain age until they actually can really get a full appreciation for it. I like it because I like the whole, you know, I like seeing the through lines of like, well, this probably began because they were actually trying to deter people from doing some kind of action, whether it's acting a fool, stepping outside on their wife, cutting down trees, you know what I mean? So there's 
kids aren't going to put that shit together. So that's why I think they have to be over a certain age <laughs> until they can really appreciate these cool folklores, you know, folk stories. But at the same time, if you don't want your kids to go out into the woods by themselves, because let's face it, there are a lot of things that can harm them there. Just tell them, you know, just don't go too far into there because they'll see Wapa can come out and they'll uh, kiss and suck your blood out or whatever. <laughs> right. Or use you for their carnal pleasures or whatever. Their carnal <laughs> pleasures, yeah. As like a five-year-old, like, what's what's that, dad? <laughs> I know, exactly. The little kids like, ew, cooties. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as somebody that's Mexican, I wasn't familiar with the story. Um, it's just one of those that I came upon, you know, when I look for different folklore and legends and stuff. So if you weren't familiar with it, hopefully you enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool, especially... You know, hearing the, like, she only made moans or she made these, like, other noises and stuff like that. It, it puts a real image into your head. Unless you suffer from aphantasia. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Which we also did an episode about. Look at all of these shameless plugs. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and if you have no idea what aphantasia is, go listen to the episode that we did about it. Definitely. Since Isela said shameless plugs. We hope that you enjoy the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story of La Siwapa to share with us. We definitely want to hear that one. Isela is especially curious about being used as <laughs> being used to satisfy the cardinal desires. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that much not so much that part. 